passing through the valley of Baca. I want you to see in Psalm 84, we'll begin reading in verse number one to get the full context. At first glance, this doesn't look like it has a whole lot, particularly in that verse for us today. But at the end of the message, I think you'll find this is one of the great helpful truths for somebody who's going through a hard time, somebody who's going through a trial. The valley of Baca means simply this. Baca means weeping or mourning. It's the valley of weeping. I want you to see in Psalm 84, verse 1, the Bible says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, or O Lord of hosts. Amiable just means how lovely. That's what he's saying. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. What he's saying is he's longing to be at the tabernacle in Jerusalem. He wishes he were there. Uh, He says he's jealous, envious of the birds that get to live there. That's what he's saying. Verse number four, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. He looked at the the priests and the Levites and so forth, the people that got to be full-time over there at the tabernacle, and he said, man, if you could just live at the church, basically, is what he's saying, wouldn't that be awesome? I'm so envious of those people. He says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca maketh it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. We'll talk about that. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our God, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. He's saying one day at the tabernacle in God's presence over there in Jerusalem is better than a thousand days anywhere else. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'll take the lowest job over there at the tabernacle than to live anywhere else and do anything else. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. They say that the valley of Baca was perhaps the last leg of the journey on a pilgrim's way to Jerusalem. Uh, Everybody had to go to Jerusalem to make sacrifice. They had to go there to the tabernacle. Now, to us, we love church. We do. I love church. Church for us is a little bit different than the tabernacle was for them because the tabernacle represented the actual presence of God. It wasn't a church. It's different, but, but it was still a spiritual thing. They wanted to go be in the presence of God. They wanted to go worship. They wanted to go be with like-minded people. That's what they were looking for. And so there are many Psalms that are written about that pilgrimage, about going and coming, about going. They had to go at least annually over there. Uh, and Along the way, though, when they got to the Valley of Baca, it wasn't quite so easy to get there. He's acknowledging that as awesome and as jubilant as it is to be there, he loved everything. You can read the courts. He probably thought about the cords and the curtains, the the furniture described there in the old. He loved everything. He loved everything about it. But along the way, before you got there, there was a Valley of Baca. 
Probably, literally, it was probably so-called because of the sap that would come from the certain trees that would be in that area, the balsam trees or the juniper trees or the mulberry trees. That's suggested maybe. Maybe it was because of some certain kind of brackish water, a mix of salt and fresh water that would come out and it would resemble a tear maybe or the resin would resemble a tear or something. But figuratively, figuratively, what we get out of it right now is very clear. It was a valley of weeping. Now, you and I, along our journey towards heaven, our journey of glory, it is a wonderful thing to be a Christian. It really is. It's awesome. I mean, everything about being a Christian is wonderful. You, uh, there's a song that we're listening to right now. I don't know what people do without Jesus. And I don't know what people do without Jesus. I got saved when I was a little kid. To God be the glory. Praise God. I grew up in a Christian home. I had nothing to do with that. But I don't know what it would be like to be a young adult without Jesus or a teenager without Jesus. I'm not saying I was perfect. I certainly was not. But I had Jesus. When I was discouraged, I had the Lord to talk to. I had the Lord to comfort me. I had the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. I don't know what people do without Jesus. But along the way, God will often lead us through, from time to time, a valley of weeping. You understand, as well as anybody else, that not everything about the Christian life, not everything you go through in the Christian life is easy. There are some times that tears happen. There's a time of sorrow, a valley of sorrow. And I could be talking tonight to people who are actually in the valley of Baca right now, the valley of weeping. I could be talking to people who've recently come out of one, or maybe you're just nearing the edge of that valley. I'm definitely talking to some people who have it ahead of them. And you can do a couple of things in the valley of Baca. You can complain. You can get discouraged. God forbid you can quit the Christian life, and you can quit moving ahead and quit moving forward, or you can get a blessing out of that valley. You can, as it says here in verse number six, make it a well. The author of this psalm, and I'll talk about that in a second, the author of this psalm is probably David, probably. It seems like it from what he says. He says, uh, the Lord's anointed there, and it seems like it was David, even though it's not signed by him, as many of the psalms are. And some have suggested that this was written when David was on the run from Absalom. Do you remember the story? His only, not his only son, but, but his very own son rose up against him and took the kingdom. He did it gradually and suddenly at the same time. Over a period of years, he would sit at the gate of the city and he would speak to every person as they would come through. And person by person, he stole the heart of, of the city, of the nation of Israel. He stole their heart. And then suddenly one day he rose up and he took over and drove his own father from the throne. Can you imagine that? David had his battles. He had all that time. He's an older man now, and now his family, his Absalom, has turned against him. This may be part of why he longed to get back to Jerusalem. But what he points out is he wants to be in the presence of God, but along the way, there's a valley of weeping. If this is the case, if this is who wrote it, and that's when he wrote it, he was right there in the valley of weeping. Uh, I, I can't imagine that. I hope that my family all grows up and we all stay uh, close together and they all uh, respect their father and, and keep loving the Lord. I don't know that, but I can't imagine the pain of my own son turning his back and not only that, but uh, leading others to rise up against their father and driving me out of my own home, if you can imagine that. I can't imagine. That'd be a valley of weeping. It sure would. And you might be in a valley of weeping right now. You might be in a valley of weeping of your own design. Maybe, maybe there's remorse over sin. Sometimes that's good for repentance. What I'm really focusing on tonight is a valley of weeping that just happens sometimes. Uh, maybe you have a loved one with cancer. Maybe you've got a little baby in the NICU. 
Uh, maybe uh, you can look back at a, a, a time when you had somebody in the NICU. That was a valley of weeping. Maybe you lost a loved one too soon in life. Maybe there's real struggles at work. Maybe there's sin in the family somewhere. Maybe there's just so many things it could be. And little children can be in something like that uh, just because it's not a big deal to you. If it's a big deal to a child, it's a big deal to them. It's the biggest thing sometimes in their life at that point they're going through. And so the valley of weeping, it can be a lot of things, but it matters what you do in that valley of weeping. It matters so much, and we're going to find that here tonight. Number one, in the valley of Baca, I have four points tonight. Number one, some things that you need to make sure you do to be encouraged is, number one, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. You know, as you read this chapter, it's not really about the valley of Baca. It's not really about the valley of weeping. It's about being in the presence of God. It's really an upbeat chapter, although that verse catches us and says, well, what does that mean? If you keep reading, well, just keep reading. Uh, Make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Um, uh, Verse number nine, behold, O God, our shield, look upon the face of thine anointed. He's so upbeat. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I remember the first time I ever heard that verse when I was a little kid holding the door for people at church. And they pointed that verse out to me like, you're a doorkeeper in the house of God. Verse number 11, the Lord God is a sun and shield. Maybe some of you need to memorize that verse, circle that, let that encourage you this week. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So he was going through the valley of Baca, or he's talking about the one who's on his way to Jerusalem, on his way, we could say, to the presence of God, or on their way on the other side of that valley. But what did he do? He didn't focus on the valley of weeping. It's so bad where I am. It's so awful. I just wish this would go away. He kept his eyes on the destination. You understand? So he kept his eyes on the Lord. Number two, here's another encouragement. Remember this, you're going through the valley. Now, this is just a reminder, and you probably already understand this, but anything that God is allowing you to go through right now, you are going through. There's another side to that. There's the other side. Verse number six, again, who passing through the valley of Baca, through, there's a destination. You didn't get to the valley of Baca for the valley of Baca. You're just traveling through. And so oftentimes as Christians, we get so discouraged because we're looking at what's right in front of us. Instead of looking ahead towards the Lord Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we look to Jesus, we look ahead, there's another side to that valley. You're going through that valley. Nobody stays in the valley. It's just a stretch of road on your journey. The valley is not the destination. The valley is not infinite. The valley never is. If you look at a valley just topographically on a map in your mind, a picture, it's surrounded by mountains, probably perhaps, right? That's what makes it a valley or it's between two mountains. There's always an end. Now, it might not seem like it in the valley. When you're in the middle of the valley of Baca in life, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. This is the new normal, maybe, you know, you think about that. But whatever God is allowing you to go through, he is allowing you to go through. If you were to stop a person going through the Valley of Baca, I know your heart would have ached for him. In the Valley of Baca, the person there, his eyes would probably be puffy and red, uh, his cheeks wet from tears. It's the Valley of Weeping. And it's not good weeping. It's sorrowful. It's not weeping, weeping for joy. Everything's going well. It's sorrowful weeping. Thank you for the illustration. Just exactly like that. She's going through the Valley right now, the Valley of Baca. In the Valley of Baca, you'll find a mother with a child running from God. You'll find a father whose marriage is falling apart. 
You'll find a pastor whose church is splitting. You'll find a child whose dad ran away from the family. You'll find a wife whose husband went to heaven too soon. You'll find a man with great difficulties at work, tough decisions. You'll find a student struggling at school. You'll find brutally murdered right beside me here in the next door. <laughs> You'll find a lot of things. You'll find people with uh, not able to make ends meet for their family or, or their family. They didn't know that they would, they would have maybe extended family. There's, there's a lot of different things going through the Valley of Baca. What I'm saying is a Christian, though, who is in the Valley of Baca, if he's a wise Christian and he understands what the Bible says about these things, he will know he's just going through it. And if you ask one of these Christians, hey, how's it going? I'm so sorry for what you're going through. He would say this, I understand it's, this is what's going on and it's tough. It's not fun. It's not good. It doesn't seem like they're in the Valley of Baca, but I know that I'm just going through. You know, Christians are strangers and pilgrims in this world. We are just going through. And you might say, you know, you said new normal. It's not the new, it is the new normal. What I have, what you just described, it's not going to change. Uh, the person who went to home to be with the Lord, that's, that's not going to change in this lifetime for me. But you know when it is going to change? When we see Jesus. So there's always an end to the valley. This life is so short. I was just talking this morning in Sunday school. 20 years ago, just about, I was in eighth, eighth grade. No, maybe I was, I, it was 20 years ago. It seems like a long time ago, but I was like in seventh grade or so. Or, or, no, 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 no. I was like in 10th grade 20 years ago. I'm saying like, where did that time go? I still see myself as a very young person. You know, like, like a kid, I'm just right there, I think. You know, let's, let's have a, a race to drink Mountain Dew through a Twizzler and see if you can get done first. You know, that's more, where my mind is sometimes. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm a grown-up. It's hard to go up the stairs a little bit sometimes now. And the time just flies by, and I feel like I'm halfway to 70 here next month. And, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, like, there, there goes life, you know. And, and either way, either way, life is so short. But we get so hung up on this life. I just wish I had more money. I just wish that I could be doing better. This life is so, so hard. Understand this. You are going through it. You are going through it. There is a, another side. I can keep going through it knowing that I am going through it. What's your valley right now? What's your valley? What is the valley of weeping that you might be in right now? You're going through it. Number three, remember there are blessings even in the valley. So we're encouraged as we're in the Valley of Baca, looking ahead towards Jesus. We know that we're not here for here. We're here to get to the other side to see the Lord. We're just going through it. And so then we also understand as part of that, that there's an end to this. Whatever we're going through, we're going through. But wait now, wait now, while you're in the valley, soak that in a little bit because the Lord has something for you in that valley. We're singing a song next week, Lord Willing, called uh, Sweet Things Out of Dark Places. The Lord will give sweet things out of dark places. Uh, heavenly uh, light where once it was dim, and so on and so forth. And so, um, all right, I see all people distracted now. People, I say sometimes, like, uh, yeah, I noticed you were falling asleep. I know exactly what every single person in here is doing, even though I don't always point it out. And so April's up here flapping arms like a bird to turn the TV back on and off. So, yeah, all right. So uh, that's, that's just Satan trying to distract. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're not saying. Some preachers say that. That's, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, April. Remember, there are blessings in that valley, okay? You're going through the valley of Baca, but notice what it says here, okay? Look in your Bible in Psalm 84. Verse number six, who passing through the valley of Baca, what do they do? They make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength 
Every one of them in Zion appears before God. So I know I'm going to get there to Zion, to Jerusalem. I know I'm going to be with the Lord one day. I know there's another side to this valley. There's the other end to this valley of weeping. The weeping will stop, right? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning, the Bible says, okay? But along the way, along the way, there is something sweet about that valley that you can learn. Um, you know, why would, think about this, why would a traveler... Why would a traveler, a pilgrim going along, stop in the valley of weeping, a place that was inhospitable and unforgiving, and make a well? Now you think of a couple things. One, to get some water, right? Obviously. Well, if they were thirsty, they might as well go to the next water stop because I feel like a lot more moisture would be expended in the digging of a well. It's a big deal to dig a well, right? In the desert there, where the Middle East and Israel. And so you could say, well, uh, 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 maybe they were thirsty or, or maybe next time that they went through the Valley of Baca, they wanted a well to stop at. Well, again, they could just plan a little better and bring another couple of bottles of water. You know, it wasn't like a hundred years they were traveling. They were just, it was kind of a journey to get there, but they stopped and they made a well. I hope you get this right now. Okay. If you're in the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Weeping, what you ought to do is make it a well. What's that terminology about? Make it a well. What, like the, the whole valley? You make it a well? Why did he say that exactly? He makes it that experience a well. Going through the, oh, I hope you get this right now. The valley of Baca. Every one of you have been in one, and every one of you are going to be in one. Now, when you go through something, a specific thing, do you know what God has given you? He has given you a very specific tool in your tool shed to help other people. Let me read you a verse I have in my notes here, and some of you might know where I'm going. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You see that? So when you go through some tribulation, some trial, you get comfort of God. It's a specific thing. It's a specific, specific comfort. For example, we're in the NICU. Our baby's in the NICU right now. I'm probably going to go right after service tonight to go see her. We were there last night till late, got here early this morning, got back to the house. But when people who have been in that exact situation, it seems like they came out of the woodwork when they found out that we had somebody in the NICU. Hey, I had this happen. It was great. And look at my kids now. Or uh, this, some not surprising, Donnie was premature. And uh, look at him now. No, I'm just kidding. It, it is surprising. And the people, everybody that they said is, oh, by the way, pray for Michael Mosley. He's, he was premature and he has pneumonia. I meant to mention that already. So pray for Michael Mosley. This is right now. Lord, I pray to help Michael. He's got pneumonia. And uh, thank you for his example of being born very premature, two pounds and change. And now he's a, a, a full-grown, healthy, strong, very tall a young man. So Lord, I pray that you would help him tonight, though he has pneumonia. His mom asked us to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so when you're going through something and God brings you through to the other side, you know what you have there? You have some comfort, a very specific comfort that you can give to someone else from bad stuff. I mean, you might be from a broken home tonight. And you would say, I just wish that I wasn't from a broken home. I think everybody would say that probably, that's from a broken home. But do you know what you have? You have some comfort there that you can give to somebody else. You see a young person coming up from a broken home or something like that, and you say, hey, 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 you know, it doesn't matter all that much. The Lord can use you in a specific way. Uh, being, you can come along and encourage somebody. So passing through the Valley of Baca, you know what he did? He made it a well. So I can imagine a traveler, get this now, going through the Valley of Baca. And he's maybe not been there before. And it's long. It's longer than he thought it would be. 
And it's difficult. It's hot. It's dusty. He can't see through these trees. Baca, probably the sap falling off the tree, the, the tear-shaped, literally. But figuratively, we're talking about the valley of weeping. He's going through a trial, the valley of Baca. And he's going, he's going, and, and God forbid, he's feeling like he might just sit down and quit. He can't do this anymore. But he lifts up his head just enough, and he sees something in the distance. He doesn't know if it's a mirage or what. He gets a little closer. It's a well. And he gets, he runs now. He gets to the well, and he pours water over himself, and he drinks from that well, and he's, he's refreshed now. He's encouraged now. He can keep going now. He believes he can maybe even see the end now. And he looks down, and he sees a little note there. And he opens it, and you know what he finds? He finds a note from the person that dug that well. That says, dear traveler, I dug this well, and I wanted you to know that the valley has an end. It'll be okay. I got through the valley, and so will you. You know what that traveler did? He, in the valley of Baca, made a well. So those, so why would a traveler make a well? It would be for those who come after him. It would be for maybe his family. It would be for maybe some acquaintances, but very likely it would be for somebody he'll never meet or hasn't met yet. And so you pass through the Valley of Baca. You're in a valley right now. Here's what I encourage you to do. Make it a well. Make it a well. Look around. Stop. Look around. Well, look look what happens here. You just look down. Just look down. The rain also filleth the pools. Rains of blessings come down even in the Valley of Baca. There in the pools that are only in the Valley of Baca. You get to know the Lord in a way that you'll never know the Lord otherwise when things are difficult and the Lord shows himself strong on your behalf. They go from strength to strength. So today, the Lord's given me enough grace for today. I don't know how I'll make it through tomorrow. Just wait. Get to tomorrow. Strength to strength. God will give you grace for each new day. He giveth more grace, the Bible says there in the book of James. And so you'll find even in the valley, stop and look around. Get something out of that valley. Now, here's why I think you ought to do that. Because look in verse number 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And so you're in the Valley of Baca. You ask the Lord to take you out of it. Next day, the Lord hasn't taken you out of it. Do you know what we can conclude from this one chapter that it's good for you to stay there? That's what it says. No, if it was good for you to get out, the Lord wouldn't have withheld that from you. That escape, immediate escape from the Valley of Baca. And so the Lord might need you to be there a little longer. You might not know why today, but you might know why later. Mrs. Hawkins was a great encouragement there in that ladies meeting on Tuesday. And she was able, as a pastor's wife, a current pastor's wife, grow up, grew, grew up in a pastor's home and now uh, got married as a young lady and now has been her whole life a pastor's person, pastor's wife, pastor's daughter. And uh, she was able to give some very specific encouragement to other pastors' wives. I remember when I was in 11th grade, I was expelled from high school. Unbelievable, right? I was expelled from high school. Now, half of you are going to leave, right? I'd never come back. No, it was nothing serious. It was just mischievous, dumb stuff, Christian school type expulsion level, okay? And I went to a Christian school. And right now, looking back, okay, shaking your head. Right now, looking back on it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I never think about it really, except for all the times that I do. And I'm just kidding. I never really, it doesn't bother me anymore. But at the time, I was absolutely crushed. At the time, as I think 17 or 16, uh, I might, maybe was, was just six, about to turn 17, uh, it was the biggest thing in my life. I was not a person 
that I thought was the kind of person that would get expelled. The kids that did get expelled from Christian school, you saw it coming, you know? Like, you knew what they were into, and it was only a matter of time before those teachers found out, like, the hidden profile online that they had going on. Holy cow, it's about time, right? Where's so-and-so? Well, I don't need to know. I'm sure they're, they're where they need to be, you know? Uh, but when I got expelled, I was like, me? I'm the kid that goes on teen soul winning every week. I'm the kid that is raising all this money. It was just before missions conference in February. I'm the kid raising all this money for missions. I'm the kid, you know, that's at every activity, and I'm, I'm the kid that leads the charge whenever there's whatever, but, uh, you know, I'm just, I was also dumb and just went overboard and all kinds of whatever things, and I just, uh, mission, and I, yeah, I, I drew attention to myself, and so I got in big trouble, and, you know, uh, but it, it crushed me. In fact, I remember when I was told there in the office that I was uh, suspended uh, indefinitely, and then I was expelled later, but in that moment, it was a shock to me, and I had to just go home, and I remember weeping. I was weeping. Isn't that embarrassing? I hardly ever, ever cry, uh, which is, it's, I'm not boasting in that, but like it takes a lot. And I just remember weeping. I was in a valley of weeping. Now you might say, that's not a big deal. It was a huge deal to me at that time. What's the rest of my life going to be like? Am I going to Springfield Public High School? I'd never been to a public school. At the time, it was very intimidating to me. Uh, and I didn't know what to do. Am I going to be homeschooled? Holy cow, I know homeschoolers. I don't want to be a homeschooled person. And uh, I, I can make fun of homeschoolers because I graduated homeschool. For example, David Chris was homeschooled. So I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding, but he just made a motion. So I had to call him out. So anyways, but what am I going to do? That's what I was thinking. What am I going to do? And I went through a valley of weeping. I remember going to the church services and the cottage prayer meetings. We had all this huge itinerary for missions conference. And I felt like everybody was looking at me. And I say I feel like it. I'm pretty sure everybody was. Because <laughs> it was unbelievable that I had been expelled. I um, was, uh, was raising money to give to missionaries by detailing cars. And uh, every class had a missionary they adopted, and they would raise money as much as they could, and then shower them with gifts and buy them stuff and, and give them cash and all of that. Well, I, I was leading the charge there. I had all this money, like maybe close to $2,000, uh, to give to these missionaries, and I had no class to give it through. And so I was giving them, like, I found out what they wanted, gave them toys and all that. While I'm under expulsion review, I got expelled, like, the end of missions conference. And uh, it, was, it was a very depressing time. In fact, this is funny. James Irvin, who's a missionary now, he's a young missionary, when I showed up to that breakfast on Tuesday, I haven't seen him since that missions conference. He was a little boy then, maybe like six or seven. He's like, Brother Stansel, or Jonathan Stansel. I said, yeah. And he's like, you gave me a Nintendo DS. He was a missionary kid at that mission. I remembered him after he explained it, but I gave him all kinds of stuff. But, but I was in such a low point. I, when I, would, I went to Teen Soul Winning during that time, and everybody staring right at me. Oh, Jonathan. That's all we wanted to talk about. Like, I felt so embarrassed. I, and it was the low, low point. But here's what happened. There was a man in our church who was a man's man. I mean, when you saw him come, and it was like Clint Eastwood in the heyday, you know, I think he carried like a 44 or something. He was the man. He, was, he could live off the land if he wanted to. He was a solid muscle. He was tall, you know, bearded. He looked like one of the old 60s G.I. Joes with a blonde beard and everything. He was, barely said anything. And when he did, it came out as like a growl, just like that. I'm not exaggerating. And he's somebody, you know, a, a boy would look up to, like, well, that's a man, you know, right there. Like, that is, he's awesome. He's got like 100 rifles at his house, went deer hunting at his, at his place one time. And this guy, he came up to my dad and he said, you tell Jonathan that I got expelled in high school. He'll be fine. And that's all he said. And my dad told me that. And you know, when he told me that, that that guy got expelled, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and at that point, that's all he said, but it changed for me. Now I'm not excusing myself. I did, I did dumb. I was just nonsense. I was mischievous being rambunctious, but you know what that did? That, that let me know that it was going to be okay. 
So he took something that was a big deal for him at the time. He took the valley of Baca and he made it a well. And then when he saw somebody going through the same valley, he was able to say, I did the same thing. You'll be all right. Now, what have you gone through? What are you going through? You might think you're the only person in the world that's ever had your specific situation. Not true. Not true. You are getting something right now that you will be able to later change somebody's life when, when you make it a well. You understand? That's number three. And then finally, number four, you're listening well. Thank you. Number four, whatever sorrow is in the Valley of Baca, it doesn't compare to the joy on the other side. Whatever sorrow you're going through right now, it, it seems great and it is great. Okay, I'm not belittling it at all. There are some great sorrows that happen to us in this life, but it is nothing compared to the joy up ahead. Verse number 10, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my gods than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The wise person knows that following God, trusting God is incomparable to any other way of life. It says right here, he said, I would trade a day, a thousand days out of the will of God for one day in God's house. It's so much better following the Lord. I know what's on the other side. Verse 11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed or happy is the man that trusteth in thee. So tonight I'll close. Are you in the valley of Baca? Remember to keep your eyes on the Lord. Remember that you're passing through it. Remember that there are blessings there. Make it a well. And remember the joy when you get through it is greater than the sorrow within it. Let's pray tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, I pray that you bless the invitation time. I pray that some people would maybe find some comfort tonight in this little statement. On the way to the house of God, they passed through the valley of weeping and they made it a well. Lord, help us to make it a well. Help us to not waste a trial. Help us to understand that everything that you send our way and you put us through, it's for good. It's for our good. Maybe now, maybe later, we'll be doing some good. Lord, help us to understand you're a loving Heavenly Father. You wouldn't let us go through anything that we could not handle by your grace. You're looking out for us. You know right where we are. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to look around in the valley of weeping. I pray you'd help us to see those pools of blessing. I pray you'd help us to go from strength to strength. And I pray that you'd help us to make it a well for those coming after us. In Jesus' name, amen.